Right, let's have a word about Afghanistan, and this will go out on the 27th of November. And what to say about it? The situation is that the West has backed the wrong horse. It's more than that. It's It dealt with Afghanistan as if it thinks that it could have, by sheer brute force, imposed its will on a nation without consideration of what that nation wanted. Britain and America primarily, but it has reaped the whirlwind, having sown the wind. And things will not get better. Let us be clear. Kabul will fall. Afghanistan, the West, is going to lose the corrupt government that the West has backed, the government of warlords that the West has backed. Despite they had the opportunity to use traditional tribal structures, the West, America and Britain, backed governments of criminals and continued to back them, even though it was evident and self-evident it was wrong. The U.S. State Department, usually a good organization, was a force for evil here. And it really has been such a shame because the waste of lives, of British lives, of American lives, of allied lives, and of Afghan lives on a colossal scale is unforgivable. And those presidents and prime ministers that are culpable for the actions of the West in Afghanistan and be judged by a higher court. Now, the situation now, we're going to talk about the the current situation, and then we're going to have a little realism about the the future. So the current situation is we've got peace talks between the Taliban and the Afghan government. Taliban, a loose association of different groups, but nonetheless, they do share, these different loosely affiliated groups do share an ideology. These peace talks have began on 12th of September in Doha, Qatar. Disagreements have been about every aspect of them, the latest of which is the religious interpretation, the Taliban's insistence that everybody adhere to the Hanafi school of Sunni Islamic jurisprudence. Of course, I mean, Taliban love that. They like to kill Hazaras and other minorities. Pashtuns rule, eh? Well, they always have, I suppose, and at the expense of civil war, but not appropriate way of going forward. Interesting, isn't it, that Mike Pompeo, on behalf of Donald Trump, met the negotiators from the Taliban and from the Afghan government in separate meetings in Doha. Taliban will have nothing to do with the Afghan government. You do understand this, do you? They regard the Afghan government, with some justification, as corrupt and decadent. They will have nothing to do with it. What they are themselves is another question. Let's just talk about the present situation. The U.S. is withdrawing troops from Afghanistan and speeding that up. So another 2,000 troops have been pulled out of Afghanistan, reducing U.S. troop numbers from 4,500 to 2,500. The U.S. government has told the Taliban it will pull out completely by May 2021, by May of this coming year. And violence is on the rise you, you've seen this. We we had the attack in the university, then followed up by rockets being fired in Kabul and on Saturday, what, eight civilians killed, 31 wounded. I mean, it's just a daily feature of life, isn't it? Interesting, the Taliban denies being involved in the attack, and ISIS claims the latest attack. There are also the little sticky bombs that are used to detonate as well. Uh, the ISIS Daesh, but, you know, it's like like the Taliban officially denied the university attack, killed all those kids. But the graffiti uh, on the walls, long live the Taliban, by the by the attackers, you know, claiming it's, you can claim it's Daesh. What's the difference? Attacks by Taliban and other armed groups, especially in Kabul, have been on the rise. 
and have been on the rise hugely, as well as sharp rise in assassinations in everybody in public life, uh, journalists, human rights workers, moderate religious scholars. They don't have to be outspokenly anti-Taliban to get assassinated. So it's, it's a tremendous effort by these forces. Meanwhile, Britain, um, the Geneva Donor Conference pledged, Britain pledged quarter of a billion dollars in just a day or two ago, 227 million pounds. Yeah, throw good money after bad, I guess. The EU pledged 1.2 billion, but spread out over four years from 2021 to 2025. And that's actually less funding than in previous years. Meanwhile, the latest thing is that 95% of the world's heroin, as you know, comes from Afghanistan. Now, most of the world's methamphetamine and crystal meth is beginning to come from Afghanistan, partly due to the discovery by drug traffickers that a plant found growing wild in Afghanistan, ephedra, can be used to create the key component of meth, fedrine. So it's also becoming a drug of choice now, the new addiction in Afghanistan itself, meth, methamphetamine, crystal meth. We have huge problems in the West from heroin addiction already. All these drugs pouring out of Afghanistan. I mean, that's one possible plus of bringing on the Taliban, that they're such Puritans, they'll kill this trade off quite literally over time once they've extracted money out of it to begin with. Yeah, but they'll use it as a source of revenue to start with. Then they'll stop it, switch it off, break everybody's legs and stop the whole thing, because maybe it's better for the world that the Taliban take Afghanistan. But the trouble with the West is that they don't see anything but what they wish to see. That's the thing. And let's come back to that university attack the other day, when the uh, graffiti scrawled on the wall said, long live the Taliban, and yet the Taliban denied responsibility, whilst Daesh claimed responsibility. What the West fails to understand is that these are two sides of the same coin. The Taliban will not enter a power-sharing agreement with the existing government. That's not an if, a but, or a maybe, or you can negotiate your way into it. It's not going to happen. It's a government they regard with some justification as corrupt. So these polite elite discussions are continuing in Doha while attacks, which are the reality, continue back home. The Taliban have not changed one iota. Now let me be this. There's a pretense, a pretense coming out of Western Afghan hands and diplomats that is a denial of reality. They, they suggest that Taliban have accepted female education. They accept female education to grade six. I mean, look at facts on the ground in Taliban-controlled areas. They accept female education to grade six. That's the age of 11. That's a big concession, but that was something the best of them always did concede. The West has had its chance. It could have backed traditional tribal leaders. Instead, it backed warlords. It has sown the wind. It is reaping the whirlwind. That's the situation. Now, you want to get out of it? There are ways. It is, even now, not too late, had you, the West, got the will to do so, to back traditional tribal structures. What do you need? And what you need is twofold. First of all, just give up on the existing Afghan government. Kabul is going to fall. When? I'd say uh, U.S. troops go out in May, June, June maybe, next summer. We'll see. Good fighting season. Things will get hot. Two things you can do if you really want to move things forward. The West should 
give up its role uh, trying to be some sort of interlocutor. At least the traditional Western countries should give up the role. They've proved incompetent. Perhaps an Afghan-experienced third-party country like Germany or Norway should take over the USA. Blinkered, and blinkered with its own ideology. You know, it wants a thing done its way. It was like that from the beginning in Afghanistan. Couldn't tolerate the old king. God, if the USA not been so ideologically driven. Anyway, it was, it is, and it is blinkered. As long as it's in the lead, unless we have a major change of heart from Biden, the USA is not going to get us anywhere. We need an experienced third-party country like Germany or Norway, a country that understands Afghanistan, to act as intermediary. Now, that's one step. What's the other step? Well, there is a degree to which Afghanistan is still a proxy war between India and Pakistan, between Indian intelligence raw and uh, Pakistan intelligence. So what do you do about this? Well, if you could put immense pressure on Pakistan, and I do mean on the Pakistan military and Pakistan intelligence, it could be done because Pakistan does depend on Western aid. You could it carrot and a stick, bribe Pakistan and bully Pakistan, then Pakistan are the only ones that could rein in the Taliban because the Taliban, the Pashto, is dependent on Pakistan. They go back and forth that across that border. And obviously, for them, Afghanistan straddles the Pakistan border. Pakistan is, is playing with fire here, you know, as well. Because, because that area, I mean, the Pashtun-speaking Afghans are spread right across into Pakistan. And so the pressure can be brought on the Taliban by Pakistan and nobody else. So you need an honest-to-goodness intermediary, like Germany or Norway, and you need to make Pakistan, like in The Godfather, an offer it cannot refuse. And then you'll have a peaceful transition to new governance in Afghanistan. And one thing is certain, the old warlords are doomed. Kabul either falls or you have a new government that does not involve them. But there is no other alternative. The West is going to have to say goodbye to having a client state in Afghanistan. That game is finished. We burnt that opportunity. Burnt it by the most incompetent policies in the universe. Anyway, there is a chance. I don't expect us to take it. I expect Kabul to fall violently. But there is a chance, and it's there. Traditional governance structures with, with jurgers led by tribal leaders. Afghan experienced third party country as interlocutor, Germany or Norway, and make Pakistan an offer it can't refuse to get it to put the screws on the Taliban. Do this, and you'll have peace and a way out. Fail to do it, and hang your heads low in shame. Thank you.